welcome to Creating in Color, sharing the creative endeavors of people of color. I'm your host, KB, and today I'm joined with Jess, a background designer for TV animation who has previously worked on season three of Rick and Morty. How are you today, Jess? I'm doing pretty good. I'm really excited to talk to you today. I'm super excited to talk to you as well. This is going to be super fun. (laughs) What is a background designer? So the way that I would put it would just be to say that it's the person that draws what is behind a character in cartoons. Like that's how I explain it to like my family members who like they don't understand animation at all. We just draw what's in the rear. (laughs) How did you get started in the animation industry? So it was done through a specific track of major at my school. It was called the entertainment arts track. It was pretty much made for people that were interested in working in animation. So you knew all along that you wanted to go into animation, basically? Um, it was kind of more of a process of elimination. Like I knew that I didn't want to do fine art. I I knew that I didn't want to do editorial illustration or like graphics design. And so like the only thing that was kind of left was entertainment arts. And it kind of split into two tracks at, at, at Art Center. It was either you go entertainment arts, which was for animation, or entertainment design, which was more for like film and games, which I did initially really want to do because it was kind of like more in line with my interests because I was super into games and like weird horror movies with crazy graphics and really interesting visuals. (laughs) It seemed like there were less freedoms with entertainment design than there were with entertainment arts. So I chose that track. That's kind of just how I fell into it in a way. To you, what does it mean to work in animation? Well, I think it means that you have a certain freedom with how playful you can be with your work. And it also like represents a level of sustainability in terms of like job security, because you know that there's always going to be more shows. And it's kind of like this like constant stream of content that needs people behind it making the asset. Well said. (laughs) Have you had any interest or have you tried any other industries? Because you mentioned how you knew you didn't want to go into graphic design or illustration. Have you, how, how did you find that out? Did you actually try or just look deeper into those industries? Once I had started in animation, I kind of wanted to like, explore what other kinds of fields there were that I could apply my skills to. And I spent some time working in advertising and it was a company that specialized in um, making movie posters or like movie advertising materials. So like we would design like the thumbnails on Netflix and like the bars that go on top of the Netflix choices. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was kind of like a niche business that required illustration that I didn't know existed until I like just looked and tried it out. Mm -hmm. But I found that I missed working in animation once I had started there. Um, I really missed the people in animation because there's always just like this energy of like happiness. And, you know, I, I think that is a really representative way to explain the animation industry is that we're all mostly happy, even though it's maybe not internally happy, but we kind of like, I don't know, like express this air of happiness because we're making cartoons, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun thing in general. And in 
advertising, it was very like straight to business. It just didn't have that same like freedom and, and playfulness in the art that we were making. So I felt like it, it wasn't for me and I went back to look for a job in animation because I really missed it. It kind of sounds like your advertising job, it sounds like a little bit like UI design. Possibly. Would you, would you say that it was like, because it sounds like you were working on Netflix interactive specials? Uh, it was more of like, at least from the illustrative aspect, we were kind of like roughing out the comps. So it was more like, like the compositional design of the posters of like the, the thumbnails. So I guess... If anything, it was more like almost graphical. Mm. And then um, we would also be asked to do like full scale illustrations sometimes. Like I did one for the Black Panther movie where it was like an illustrated kind of poster and it had like ink blots and it was more of what I would have liked to do, but I still preferred animation over that. Hey, you had a hand in Black Panther. That's always good. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I I do like a few of those pieces that did come out of that job. Do you feel in order to be successful in the animation industry, you need to be an artist? Um, I definitely don't think it's absolutely necessary because there are so many other facets of like different components of animation that are all required to make it work, like to make the final product. There's compositors, which I think is actually... It's considered an, an artistry, but there are writers, there are PAs, production people, and I think it's a team effort. So it really requires all types of disciplines, um, not only artistic disciplines. What does it mean to be a background designer? Wait, I already asked that question. No, answer. <laughs> uh, to me, I feel like it's a way to express character in the space. Like you kind of describe what the character is like or what the mood is like based on what you can populate that scene with. And that's probably my favorite part of background design is like kind of like, for example, if you have like a young teen character and you're designing her room, like how much fun is it to like kind of figure out like oh maybe she's into these movie genres and you want to put those posters up or she's really into like vintage toys or something so it it's a way to express who the character is what kind of space that they would exist in and maybe like um that's it I want to end it before (laughs) before (laughs) (laughs) we had a visual development artist on the podcast named Kristen and she also went she she described approach to backgrounds as well and said that every background has a story because mm. it's not just like a square with like some random shit thrown yeah. in yeah some random stuff thrown in it yeah <laughs> yeah you gotta think about uh, what you want to put in there you know exactly and that's the fun then, part of it is to like imagine to think about it it's really cool because like you kind of forget that a background has a story all on its own Mm -hmm. it's not just like the characters having their own stories and their interactions Mm -hmm. but the background also has a tale to tell yeah 
That's what I love about it. What are some specific roadblocks that you try to watch out for? Um, let's see. If it comes to design, I guess in terms of like design principles, in background design, you want to avoid really repetitive shapes. You want to avoid perfect symmetry. If you're looking down like a shot of a street, you want the two sides of the street to be very different. A lot of variety. You want lots of contrast in your shapes. And you want to leave the eye through the design of where you want it to go. It's kind of like an intuitive thing. And this is why I would never be a teacher. Because I I have a lot of difficulty like describing exactly what my brain does when I'm designing. But it's kind of intuitive. And like once you do it enough and you try to apply the principles to it, it'll like work in your head. And you'll just do it without having to really think about it. And... Do you know of any roadblocks in just animation in general? Um, Generally, I would say that people tend to get really caught up with resume experience, you know, like listing the things that you've done in order to get the job when like the only thing that you really need is your portfolio. It's like the only thing you need is like the actual pieces. So for example, for background art, it doesn't matter if you haven't worked on any shows. I mean, yeah, it's helpful, but in your portfolio, you have like several fantastic examples of good background design. That's all you need to get in. Like, you know, that's the most important thing, really. Well said. <laughs> what supporter resources do you recommend for someone trying to break in? Um, so... Definitely the internet. (laughs) There are so many resources. The internet being the most accessible one, especially when it comes to background design specifically, most of what I reference now working on the Cuphead show are these like the layout books from Disney. Those are probably the best new resource that I've come across because they're really perfecting all of the background principles in each of those designs. And if you just kind of learn to mimic the shapes and the compositions, you'll learn so much from that. Beside that, there's YouTube, obviously. There's so much you can learn. Just like so many creators on YouTube. There are like the smaller bite-sized classes. There's the small ones on like ArtStation. There's the Gumroad classes, Skillshare. If you are more like financially substantial, Um, You can do classes at different vocational schools like CGMA, CDA, Noman, night classes at Art Center. There's a lot of resources. Google it. (laughs) (laughs) What was your upbringing like? Uh, I would say that probably the most notable thing was how supportive my family was or supportive my mom was of my wanting to pursue an artistic career. She would always tell me that her mom restricted her from pursuing an artistic career because she doubted the fact that you could make a living off of it, you know, like that's something that's like a newly under or it's not widely understood as realistic way to make a living. So I was really fortunate that like she had gone through that and she didn't want to put me through that same thing. So she made it a purposeful thing to allow me to pursue whatever I wanted. I knew that from when I was really little that I really wanted to go to Art Center College of Design. Like I really wanted that school and only that school. And she was really supportive the whole way, even though like 
I hadn't picked a backup school or like a, you know, something else. I just wanted the one and I made the portfolio and I got in and fortunately I was lucky to find work after that and it just kind of worked out. Yeah. Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. <laughs> You're the best. She also oh, paid my entire way through school. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, mom. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of work, what kind of hobbies, side hustles, or interests do you engage in? I'll do work for galleries sometimes. Q-pop and Giant Robot. Those are fun. They're like just usually little prompts that you can have some fun with when you're free. Other than that, I mean, I, I really love indoor and outdoor rock climbing, but can't really do that in California right now. All of our gyms are closed. So I'm just going to have to wait until 2021, get back out there. <laughs> if we're lucky. Yeah, if we're lucky. I mean, who actually knows? So sad. Life. Yeah. Anything else? I love to play video games. Right now I'm playing Final Fantasy IX again when I last played it in childhood because there's something about that game that just like makes me want to draw and it's it's just magic. Was that one of the things that inspired you to become an artist? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Final Fantasy and anime, I would say. It's just, you know, like the worlds they create. It just like, it gives you so much artistic fuel. Just like seeing how endlessly open the possibilities are of what you could play and what you could. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then they would make little art books. So that would be like an extra little source of inspiration. It's it it's very interesting how many people are inspired to go into art from anime and video games. Oh yeah. Our first guest, our very first guest, Sam, who was a production coordinator, she was inspired to go into animation from anime and even went to Japan and worked there for a bit before she got into animation the dream mm-hmm and she speaks japanese and does taiko drumming oh i love that shit that's amazing yeah she's dope that's like the next step where you like actually learn the language and you like go and learn to read and that's insane yeah i'm working on my duolingo japanese so i can go there and actually <laughs> talk oh, to yeah, people yeah. <laughs> not get you'll lost you'll be ready yeah just don't anger the owl and you'll be fine. See? Okay. <laughs> what do you feel are the next steps in your journey? I mean, I've always told myself that I I really want to make a comic, but I feel like I have so much more to learn before I can actually make something. So as of now, it'd just be like to learn as much as I can in order to make a comic to see if that's what I want to do. And to learn how to write, I don't know, writing is really hard. And yeah. I think that kind of goes hand in hand with making comics. And you got to like mm -hmm. learn both of those disciplines and combine it. So got plenty more to learn. You should listen to Kyle's episode. He gives a lot of good tips on oh, yeah. getting started. Or I'm going to do that. Yeah. Which episode is that one? Um, I think that's the third episode. He's a script coordinator. Okay, I see it. Kyle, that's an interesting way to spell that. Right? Yeah. Love that name. I love how it's spelled. I think it's awesome. Okay, now is the time 
for rapid questions. Oh boy. I know. It's so great. And I know I've always been saying it's when I ask this or that or yes or no questions, but like, it's not. Okay. It's not that (laughs) ever. So, oh man, I closed all my tabs. Oh, Oh, no. Yeah, I was open to a house I'll never be able to afford because that's what I do. Oh, yes. That's a side hustle or like an interest that I forgot to mention is just, you know, just spending hours on Zillow looking at houses that I'll never be able to afford. And that's okay. You just look at it. You're just window shopping. Just window shopping. Ain't nothing wrong with it. God. And you just kind of like imagine the life that you could live in that house. <laughs> okay, here we go. Finish taking a sip of that Sorry. tea. Because it's about to get ready. <laughs> Cup is down. Okay. Do you have any pets? My family has a dog that I also consider like my baby. So half yes. A half yes. Okay, half yes on a dog. <laughs> Complicated. Would you like... Would you like that to be a full yes? I would like it to be a yes because she's also my baby. Yes. (laughs) What did you do for your last birthday? Unless it was in quarantine. What did you do for your last last birthday? It was in quarantine. And it's funny because mine and Eddie's birthday, it's really close. It's like a a week apart or so because his is the 22nd and mine is the 18th. It's like less than a week. But we didn't go nowhere. It was like early quarantine. So we literally just like sat on the couch and played video games. It was okay. It was it was nice. We were safe. We weren't mm-hmm. sick. That's good. Good enough for Don't me. You want that? Yeah. Yeah. What's getting on your nerves right now? Right now? Um, God. Rapid questions. Rapid questions. <laughs> Nothing. I feel real happy right now. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Do you have any nicknames? Probably Jess from Jessica. That's it. Sometimes my mom would call me Messica because I was a messy child. <laughs> <laughs> What's your zodiac sign? I am an Aries. What's your three favorite colors? Oh, oh, I get three? Um, Yeah. Blue is my top, my very fave. I love aqua to be specific. Cerulean blue is also real pretty. And I like indigo. All three different types of blues. (laughs) (laughs) What was the last beverage that you consumed? Oh, coffee. I drink only coffee all day long. Oh, that's good for you. (laughs) Coffee, occasionally water, but mostly coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a word that starts with the letter O. Oh, orifice. (laughs) It's a nice word. Okay. <laughs> I want you to do an impression of Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Get on the chopper! What else does he say? <laughs> what, what's that weird sound he makes? That's <laughs> all I got. That's very- Sorry, <laughs> let's do one more. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I needed at least one more. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jess, for speaking with us today. It's been a pleasure. Do you have any social media you would like to share with us? Um, my Instagram and Twitter handle are Jess Straws with three S's in the Jess. Three. J-E-S-S-S Straws? Yeah. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in. 
Please follow Creating in Color on Instagram and Twitter and feel free to submit any questions for upcoming guests through our social media or our email creatingincolorcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in following me, you can find me on Instagram and YouTube at Maybe It's KB. Thanks to Name Kaze for allowing us to... Uh, <laughs> you always Name Kaze. You always mess up on that part. Yeah, I do. Thanks to Namikaze for creating the song for the podcast. He made it. It was real cool of him. He made it based off of a video game that I liked. I heard it. I liked it. It was cool. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Namikaze. If Jess and listeners, you're interested in listening to more of his music, he has a SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Namikaze, N-A-M-I-K-A-Z-E. Since Creating in Color is a new podcast, we appreciate any word of mouth or even helping push our hashtag on social media, hashtag Creating in Color. Before we wrap up, do you have any departing words of wisdom for everyone listening? Well, first, I want to say thank you to you for putting up with me and my awkward answers. Um, Oh, my goodness. (laughs) You're wonderful. Um, Other than that... You're so kind. Thank you. (laughs) I would say... um, to really find the thing that you like you really love to do i don't know that it's kind of cliche but it's like really the thing that works the best and yeah that's all i got thank you again thank you jess thank you listeners so much this has been creating in color keep striving keep trying keep creating thanks for listening bye bye thank you i love that Hi everybody, this is Editing KB coming at you unscripted. I'm sorry for the short episode. Uh, Jess and I actually had to do a second record for this because we had audio issues with our first record and we had to do it during our lunch break, but it's what we already had in the last episode except it's more condensed, like a fun-sized Snickers or something like that. So at the moment we are scheduling for bi-weekly episodes. I would like to bump that up to month, or not monthly, weekly, but I need some ideas. I have some ideas in my head right now where we'll do uh, story times with unknown or little known artists, and I'll try to get another interview, but it's really, it's, it's difficult, but if anyone has any ideas for specific episodes, like how to properly navigate certain work situations or the best way to switch careers or heck even if you want to be a guest on the show please send me a dm or email again creating colorcast at gmail.com and if you are listening to this part i'm curious because i i feel i don't know when the credits roll on a a show that I'm watching, that's usually when I'm skipping to the next episode. So if you actually heard this part, uh, leave a comment in whatever post brought you here. So either the Instagram or the Twitter post and say, what's next? And then that will, that'll that'll be our little secret. (laughs) Okay. Thanks so much for listening. And I'll, I'll see you all next month. Okay. Bye.